This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Over the past five years, thousands of parents across Chicago have enjoyed the expansion of free pre-K for their kids. But that programming depends on tens of millions of dollars in temporary COVID relief money that's set to run out in the next school year. And it leaves many parents wondering, Will the district be able to continue funding that programming? Rima Amin, who's a reporter at Chalkbeat Chicago, has been looking into this, and I sat down with her to learn more. And I started by asking Rima to explain who currently benefits from having expanded free preschool. So free preschool is available to any Chicago family with um, three- and four-year-old children. And actually, the district has programs for kids even younger than that. But when we talk about universal pre-K, we're really talking about full-day pre-K seats for kids who are four years old. And I love you. Start your story with uh, a family of four in Bridgeport, the Larsons. Yeah. What can you share about their story? Yeah, so um, this is a mother named Kristen Larson. Um, she, has a, she has two daughters. One is one-year-old and one is four years old. And last year, um, they found themselves in a situation where they potentially had to pay for private daycare for two kids, which she and her husband decided they absolutely just could not afford. Um, so Kristen talked to some of her neighbor friends and, you know, they, they were telling her, you know, you can do the city's free pre-K program. And we have neighborhood, they had two neighborhood schools just a few blocks down from them. So, mm-hmm. um, she applied and she was, she was so nervous she wouldn't get a spot that she applied for a spot as soon as the application opened while on vacation. Oh my goodness. Just dedication. Yes. Um, and she did get a spot. She got a spot at her, um, not her assigned school, but one right pretty much blocks away from their home and um she's loved it since it's been a boon for their family mm-hmm. and not only is her daughter um she says is learning about letters numbers making her own social circle um and making social connections after kind of growing up in the pandemic yeah but also her daughter has somewhere to be and is being cared for while she goes to work and, and before we get into the nuts and bolts of, of what's happening now Talk more about that, the, the benefits of attending preschool. Yeah, so there is a lot of research, um, research that's been done in specific school district and national research that shows that there are many benefits to kids, uh, like le- mid to long-term benefits to kids who attend pre-K. Um, some of that includes higher, te- better test scores compared to kids who don't attend pre-K, um, long-term uh, better employment opportunities. Mm-hmm. For those who do attend pre-K, um, and then uh, less likelihood to have a brush with the criminal justice system. So I mentioned that this uh, this 
program was expanded over the past five years. Why? Why did that happen? So we got to go back in time a little bit to former mayor Rahm Emanuel. This was a big priority for him, and he actually announced a priority to make preschool universal in Chicago um, shortly before he decided not to run for uh, third term. Okay. And uh, his goal was to make full day pre-K seats available for any four-year-old in Chicago that wanted it. So once he left office, former mayor Larry Lightfoot picked up that um, effort mm -hmm. and committed to the same thing um, and and made a you know made a goal to made a similar goal. Um, and then the pandemic happened, March 2020. Mm -hmm. So this is, I think, the second second ish year into that universal pre-K effort. That effort involves a lot of local dollars, so t taxpayer dollars, district dollars. But the majority of the spending for this comes from the state, from something called the Early Childhood Block Grant. When the pandemic hit, the state, G Governor J.B. Pritzker, who is a huge champion of early childhood education, just like many, you know, was, was facing a um, question about what is the economy going to look like. Mm -hmm. And so he was, uh, you know, he was forced to not include an increase to early childhood funding, which meant Chicago essentially couldn't expand at the rate that they wanted to. I see. You talked earlier about the number of seats we've got in, in the, the pre-K program today, but expand yes. on that and talk about how it compares to what the program looked like five years ago. So the program five years ago, um, a lot of this is the district opening or converting, as they say, half-day seats to uh, full-day seats. So if you look back at 2017, 2018, I just saw this study from Northwestern that found that roughly 8,000 full-day pre-K seats were available in Chicago. Um, many, many, many more were available as half-day seats, which if you talk to a parent on the street, they'll say, I prefer full-day care for my child versus right. half-day. Um, today, there are 16,000 full-day seats available, which are exclusively for four-year-olds, although I think there might be some federally-run programs that three-year-olds can attend. Mm. So there's been a huge expansion there. Um, in the past few years, however, the city has only opened, um, only, I mean, relative to that other number, has opened about 2,000 new seats. I see. So more people have been able to enroll their kids in free public preschool. This is thanks to the, the federal COVID relief funds, but that was always going to be temporary, Rima. So what options does the district have on the table for when that money inevitably runs out next yeah. year. Yeah, um, which which it will. It will run out. And the district says that they've been thinking about this for a while. Um, there's really two options. When you really talk about balancing a budget, it's either you cut or you um, find more revenue. Yeah. So the district is has been leaning towards finding more revenue. And more broadly speaking, the district is facing a projected nearly $400 million budget deficit for next fiscal year, which begins really this year. Oh boy. Um, and so part of this pre-K spending is figuring out where can, you know, for them is figuring out where can we get more revenue to fill this budget hole that we're gonna see. Um, and and their plan is to advocate with the state to, to send them more money. Yeah, for sure. Enrollment at CPS overall, I mean, that's been on the decline for years. You write about that, it only just stabilized this past fall, uh, but the district has still lost tens of thousands of students in the last decade or so, if we think back even further. So I'm wondering what enrollment looks like for public preschool. 
Yeah. So enrollment um, was on the rise between 2018 and 2019. And then, and then again, the pandemic hit anecdotally, you know, mm-hmm. parents enrollment dipped to about 34% actually between uh, 2019 and 2020. Uh, parents just either didn't see the point of sending their kids to a virtual pre-K program um, or, you know, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why that happened. Only now has enrollment started to climb. And this year um, in September, enrollment was logged at about 13,000, okay. which is still under pre-pandemic levels, but it's starting to starting to get there. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thousands of Chicago parents have relied on free public preschool for their kids during the program's expansion over the past five years. But uh, CPS has relied in part on federal funding that is soon going to run out. And we're getting the details from Rima Amin, who's a reporter with Chalkbeat Chicago, who covers this uh, covered this story recently. Uh, so the Illinois State Board of Education, Rima, they proposed a budget last week that could cover CPS's pre-K program. How exactly would that work? So the State Board of Education has proposed an increase to that early childhood block grant I mentioned earlier, which okay. is where CPS gets the bulk of its funding for pre-K programs. They've proposed an increase to that. That is the same increase that's been that CPS has seen in that funding in the past in in recent years. Um, so it still remains to be seen if that increase is going to be enough to mm-hmm. fill the gap that CPS is seeing. Um, I think another important component of this is that as CPS has been using this temporary federal funding to kind of prop up pre-K, it's accounted for about 14% of their overall spending, and they've relied less and less on that temporary money over the past few years, and they've Mm. been throwing in more district dollars there, um, and of course using the increase in the state dollars. So it's, there's a there's a likelihood they might you know that that they're potentially in a in not such a dire situation yeah um, but it still remains to be seen right I mean I mean if if the budget is not enough to fill the gap as you as you said I mean who would be most impacted talk about who would be most impacted by a reduction in pre-k programming yeah I mean if the if it got to a point where the district decided to cut seats um, it seems like, uh, of course, it would be children who would mm-hmm. be impacted the most. It would be families who potentially are, pl- you know, maybe have a two-year-old, three-year-old now who are banking on public pre-K next year and yeah. suddenly there's not a seat for their child. I think it's also important to kind of con- contextualize this in that district officials told me that they, right now, about 81% of all pre-K seats are filled. And so they've got, they've got a little bit of so-called wiggle room. Um, that's how I kind of view it. Yeah. And so they've been thinking about how to, in their words, right-size these seats. And so they see a lot of need in some communities. For example, Westridge is a place where they're not meeting demand. Mm, so okay. we could also see them kind of shifting around seats to meet demand in places. And maybe, you know, you would p- potentially, I would speculate, maybe mm-hmm. that means less, fewer seats in, um, in areas where the seats have gone unfilled. Yeah. I mean, is there any indication that Governor Pritzker would prioritize this funding in his upcoming budget? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, early childhood education observers are are calling it a pretty much guarantee. I think he has, um, he's a huge, again, he, That's that has been a big priority for him. Early mm-hmm. childhood education, 
um, he's created a whole four-year plan called Smart Start to boost funding for those programs. And so um, I would be very, very surprised um, if his proposed budget does not include an increase to that. Yeah, and we won't have to wait too much longer. We know that's coming up in about three weeks or so. Uh, What have uh, CPS leaders said about potentially cutting pre-K seats? Anything more? They haven't said anything. I, I asked um, I asked directly, you know, are you planning to cut seats? Are you planning to lay off pre-K teachers? Um, the district said they're not ready to comment on that, but they've also emphasized that this isn't, that is not our first choice. Our first choice is to push the state to um, give us more money for both K through 12 funding, mm-hmm. um, as well as for m- money that supports pre-K programs. And Chicago's not alone here. Right. How are other cities figuring this out? Yeah. So um, I, I actually used to cover New York City for Chalkbeat. And in that district, um, former mayor Bill de Blasio, his his what was known as his signature policy was universal pre-K. That I mean, that predated um, Rahm Emanuel, actually. And oh, okay. so um, when federal covid dollars came in, he decided to use a chunk of that to expand uh, universal 3K and. He did that, though, without a plan for what to do once the money ran out, and then he left office. And so now uh. you've got Mayor Eric Adams, his successor, who has um, it, who has halted the expansion of Universal 3K and is also now proposing uh, nearly $200 million in cuts to early ch- childhood programming. Oh, my goodness. And they called it Universal 3K? Yeah, so pre- preschool for three-year-olds because yeah. preschool for four-year-olds is is universal there now. That's correct, yeah. Well, I mean, what's next? This is a, There's a lot up in the air. Yeah. A lot of speculation we could make. I mean, we're, we're kind of focusing on this as we jump right into budget season. So I think, you know, again, we're going to have to focus on what is the district doing about its um, projected for, you know, $391 million deficit. Um and I think we're going to have to watch what the state does. It's going to be a lot of looking at uh, what the state and the district are doing to kind of fill these budget gaps. So um, I guess uh, TBD. <laughs> Wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rima means a reporter at Chalk Beach, Chicago. Thank you so much for the update. Thank you. This episode was produced and mixed by Brenda Ruiz and edited by Meha Ahmed and Micah Yason. If you like this conversation, please consider leaving us a rating and subscribing. It helps listeners like you find our show. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.